You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. <laughs> Everybody's got a price, it's the million dollar man. <laughs> Podcast in demand. Understand. Everybody's got a price, million dollar man. Everybody's got a price, million dollar man. Everybody's got a pod, it's the million dollar What's up, everybody? It's Marcus D'Angelo, and we're back for another episode of Everybody's Got a Pod, and you know this man right here. That is the Million Dollar Man, the Hall of Famer, Ted DiBiase, joining us today. Ted, what's going on, man? Brother, uh, in, in the words of the Million Dollar Man, I feel like a million bucks today. So <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's, let's make some money. <laughs> <laughs> We'll give it a shot here. You know, we're uh, we're turning out some awesome content here every single week on Everybody's Got a Pod. And this week is no exception to that. You know, I was talking to you here a little bit before we got going. Um, you know, I tend to try to look back at like, okay, anniversaries and what was happening at this time, you yeah. know, uh, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 35. Yeah. In this case, we're looking back 35 years to the fourth King of the Ring tournament and your victory to become the King of the Ring at the expense of Randy Savage, who had won it the year prior. So, man, uh, there's a lot to cover on this one. But and, uh, and, and, and what year was that that I won it? This was 1988, and this was before it became a pay-per-view. It became okay. a pay-per-view around 1993. And so at this time, it was just a live house show. But before we get there, you guys know what I have to do. Before we start, just wanted to tell you all again to go and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Ted and I want this podcast to continue to grow every week, and YouTube is a huge element when it comes to that. So subscribe now at youtube.com slash at everybody's got a pod. And look, we don't expect you to just do it out of the kindness of your hearts. We offer value over there. First, we deliver YouTube exclusive videos every single Monday. So these are stories you will not hear on the podcast. And let me tell you, they are must hear. If you like what we're doing here on the show every week, you're going to love these videos. Also, uh, we do YouTube giveaways every so often for our subscribers. Ted has signed cards. Imagine that, the million dollar man giving something away. I mean, what a what a treat for fans! Fans never never would have got expected that from you back in the day, but we're doing it now. Uh, we're yeah. talking about cards, action figures, uh, and buddy, we are far from done over there. So you can get your hands on signed Ted DiBiase merchandise for free. To be eligible, all you have to do is subscribe on YouTube, and you're automatically entered for all future giveaways. Again, it's youtube.com slash at everybody's got a pod. Subscribe today. Hit that notifications bell if you want some extra points and uh, enjoy the hours of content we've got over there. So, uh, Ted, you're back with Hogan coming out of SummerSlam as the Hulkster declares war on the WWF, and he wants to start with you on his way to regaining the WWF title. He's wearing his now infamous war bonnet, which is that helmet with a giant fist on it, and uh, he'd use that fist helmet to defeat you on the house shows. Ted, the war bonnet, some pretty weird shit. What did you think? Um, pretty weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but listen, you know, it's kind of like, uh, uh, you know, uh, when you're not the man in charge and you want to make the money, and of course, the million dollar man is all about the money, uh, I'm going to do what I'm told. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, uh, you know, it's like, obviously, yeah, if I thought something was just really horrible, you know, you know, and if I didn't like something, I would, I would say so. And, 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 and to, in, 
defense of Vince McMahon. He told all of us, he said, don't be afraid to approach me if you don't like something. He says, but if you don't like something, don't come and just tell me you don't like it. Give me something else that I can do in place of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and so and 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 that's fair game. So and I yeah. think that's a fair point. You know, Absolutely. Like you're, you're not contributing anything if you're just saying, nope, I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hogan would use this helmet in matches against you and others uh, and kind of like use it as an illegal advantage. Like the ref would turn his back and he'd hit Bad News Brown with it or uh, he'd hit you with it to get the finish. And it's like, here's this ultimate baby face and he's kind of being a shit heel. Uh, what well, do you think see, that's that? the thing is, is the, the thing that made that so good is that he is the good guy. Everybody knows he's the good guy. And, and, and he's, he's reversing it on the heels, mm. you know, you know, if, instead of me, you know, load my glove as I used to do and knock, knock somebody out, you know, I get hit with the helmet and he wins the match, you know, and it's like, you know, to all the fans, you know, <laughs> and so they're behind me. I thought it was great. You know, that, that actually makes a lot of sense. Like, yeah. so, so you would do it to spite the fans. Hogan's doing it and kind of letting the fans in on it. Like, hey, guys, we're going to get this win together almost, you know? Yeah, because cause we all know he's a cheater. So I'm going to give him a little bit of his own. There you go. <laughs> yeah, all right. That makes perfect sense. Uh, just before SummerSlam, your old pal Bruce Pritchard had started working in front of the camera as Brother Love, and the character is a great heat magnet for the company. Uh, Ted, you'd known Bruce behind the scenes for many years up to this point, and there's no denying that Bruce has a great personality and is absolutely hilarious at times. Uh, what did you think about him taking an on-screen role, and did you always see him eventually becoming a character? I, I was, I was, it was hysterical. I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed it because. I knew Bruce. That was the deal. It's like, I love you. <laughs> it's just like, I mean, it was, it was so corny that it was good. It was, it's like you had to hate him. <laughs> there was just no way around it. And that red face and like oh, yeah. uh, the condescending stuff you would say during those, it was a really good character. It was, you know, Bruce has actually said on his podcast in the past that, uh, that you guys were really close friends. And he said that you were one of the most fun guys to hang out with back in the day. I think that you guys uh, were into the party scene. Now, do you have any Bruce Pritchard party stories or is that uh, something we should be sharing on the podcast? Uh, You know, um, I can't, uh... (laughs) what's funny is I, I, I can't remember any Bruce stories, probably because I was inebriated every time we went out. Uh, But, uh, I know this, that when he went to work for Vince and, and then I, and I signed with Vince, uh, do you remember those, uh, the, the, the vignettes and, and you know, they, and they quit doing this and I, I never could figure out why, but, uh, before anybody ever saw me walk into an arena, yep, they saw, you know, like five or six weeks of, you know, like here's this guy, Ted DiBiase, the million dollar man. And I was, I kicked kids out of a swimming pool. Uh, I, uh, I kicked the honeymoon couple out of the honeymoon suite. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause it was the best room in a hotel. I, you know, I did all these things. Well, Bruce was the guy who produced those and we did them all in the Houston area. So how about yeah. that? So kind of like a, a homecoming for the two of you there. 
<laughs> in a pretty fun way those vignettes are just iconic yes. we're, we're definitely going to go over them at some point uh so another guy making a big transformation here is one man gang the doctor of style slick promises to take mean gene to deep dark africa but instead he takes him to a uh, urban area at night where it's revealed the gang is now akeem the african dream so Akeem comes out dancing. And he's claiming to uh, that he's about to climb to the mountaintop of the WWF. Ted, you had known Gang for a really long time. Uh, what did you think of his new character here? Uh, um, I wasn't sure at first. <laughs> 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 you know, but, you know, I, I, and again, you know, but back to, you know, Vince's way of, of, of looking at things. It's, it's kind of like, you know, I was an old, I came from the old school. I mean, I grew up in the wrestling industry. My father was a wrestler and it's kind of like, you know, if it's don't, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But you know what? It took me a while to come to grips with was that what Vince was doing in terms of trans, tra, you know, changing wrestling was like, yeah, look, we, we are sports entertainment. We're, we're not a, you know, you, you know, we because we tried to protect it all the time, and we even knew that you know, an educated people, or especially an educated guy that's ever been in a real fight, could watch wrestling for a minute and go, "No." But the whole the whole point was, you know, now he was he, he was trying to market his product to a younger audience because now he's going to come out with uh, action figures. Mm-hmm. dolls and all of the merchandise and so he's trying to attract the, the young crowd and so you know like that and that's why hulk hogan becomes this bigger than life hero and, and all that so I, you know but it, you know in those you know for those reasons yeah you know akeem okay let's do it <laughs> now i mean personally though uh did you feel like the one-man gang character was kind of going fine or did you feel like he'd, he'd topped it out and it was time for some kind of a drastic change uh you know i i thought he did okay you know what what's everybody else think what do you think i mean i like the one-man gang character i thought he was like really intimidating he had like the mohawk this huge yeah. guy you know yeah. I don't know. To me, it's like, hey, that guy's you know tailor made to be like a big monster heel, the guy yeah. that's like facing Hogan. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think the Akeem thing was a little bit head scratching, but you got to give it up to Gang. He like he just owned it, and he would yeah. do the dance, and yeah. it kind of made yeah. it fun. Yeah. Uh, I think I should also mention here that JCP is starting to get really hot and heavy on the impending deal with Turner, and we all know that before the year is over, that deal is complete. Uh, so this is a really big deal at the time, and there are already rumors swirling about bringing in some names established in the WWF to help uh, bolster the the roster under Turner. Uh, Ted, what do you think when you hear that Ted Turner is ready to get himself into the wrestling business? Uh, yeah, I, you know, I, you know, I, to me, well, I, I here's the way I look at it, and and, and of course, I get grow up old school. Said comp- competition is always good for the talent. Mm-hmm. Because if if there's only one show uh, on the market, and then and you you don't have any place else, you know, like the old the old territorial days, if you if if you had a some difference with with the promoter or whatever, you know, like you could you could give your notice and go somewhere else, you know. But now if 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 you if you have an argument with the with the front office. You know, uh, you either do it that you're told or you're fired. 
it's like there's there's only one place to go. But now with with this this new thing coming on, you know, it's always it's always good for the talent. And 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 it did end up being that way because you know, now you got guys that are getting uh they're signing contracts for X amount of dollars. Up until that happened, you know, with the Turner organization, uh, you know, uh, I, I know my contract with Vince, uh, it, you know, it basically, it, it just basically said he owned me, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but where, where else was I going to go and where else was I going to make, you know, especially now that I saw it coming, everybody, everybody with a half a brain saw it coming, all the territories were going to go away because they couldn't compete with him. Yep. And, and they did, they all slowly died out, you know? And, uh, well, like I said, you know, when the, the, the telltale thing for me was when, when Bill Watts sold out to Jim Crockett and Watts bills, a you know, Bill's a sharp guy, you know, a lot of guys that worked for him didn't like him slave driver, this, that, and the other, uh, you know, but I, you know, there were, there were things that, you know, I, I didn't like either, but Hey, you, you know, not everybody loves their boss, but the other thing I knew about Bill was that uh, he knew the wrestling business just better than just about anybody. Cause I would look at our shows and try to compare them to the other territorial shows mm-hmm. and oh, guys, they didn't, even, they didn't even compete. So anyway, you've got to give it up to Bill Watts. Uh, to your point, a lot of people will kind of look at him as, as a villain in wrestling and, you know, I've never met the man, so I really can't speak to him or, or his character. However, uh, you've got to give it up because I think a lot of these uh, promoters for these territories were like, well, I'm, I'm going down with the Titanic here. And a lot of them did. Bill Watts uh, had the foresight to get on a life raft and, yeah. uh, and yeah. I mean, preserved himself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. He, he saw where it was going. Um, so Ted, nearing the end of September, you teased a few times that you'd be making an acquisition that most men could only dream of. Finally, the big reveal is made on October 1st. It's our only clip this week. Let's have a look at this special report. Last week on the Superstars of Wrestling, Ted DiBiase revealed his newest and proudest possession. On this special report, we take a look at the Million Dollar Man's revelation. What I'm talking about, Oakland, is I have purchased, I have bought and paid for my own personal slave. Slave? Wait a minute. This is 1988. What are you talking about, slave? Let's hear about it. What am I talking about? You've seen the things that I own, the things that I've bought. I've purchased the greatest bodyguard that a man can buy. I have purchased the greatest managerial advice that money can buy. And I even have at my disposal at a price. A giant. And what am I talking about? Read my lips. I didn't stutter. I bought my own slave. Your own slave. Just who might this slave be? Well, Hercules. <laughs> now, now, wait a minute, gentlemen. What the hell is he talking about? Trust me, don't worry about it. Remember, the rah, the rah, whatever will be. Will be. The party's over. The new position you have right now is something, buddy. Something that you've earned. No. Gentlemen, put 
Christian, take your first lesson of being the slave of a million dollar man. You don't talk, you don't walk, you don't speak, you don't put your hands on anybody unless I give you permission to. Do you understand that? So, Ted, purchasing Hercules. Uh, I know you didn't write this storyline, of course, but probably something that wouldn't really play well with the modern audience, right? Oh, gosh. I mean, uh, you know, just watching that, you know, there's no way uh, there's no way in hell that you could do that and get away with it today. I mean, just forget about it, you know, and probably rightfully so. Well, uh, Ted, you're going from the main event at a huge SummerSlam here at MSG, which we discussed uh, a couple weeks ago here on the podcast. And now you're being programmed with Hercules. So this is no disrespect to Herc at all. I, I love the guy. I think he's a great wrestler. Yeah. But at the time, he's a mid-carder. Uh, to you at this time, you're going from Hogan to Hercules. Does this feel like a demotion or how do, how do you view this? Uh, well, well, here's the thing. You know, it's a matter of understanding you know, how things, how things are overall, you got to look at the big picture. Now, <clears throat> by the time I got to, you know, being, a, uh, on a match with Hercules, you know, and, and not in the main event or the semi main event, you understand how long was I there? How long had I been there? How long had they been pushing me? Oh my gosh. They had been pushing me hard for a long time. Nearly a year, I think, at this point. Yes. Right? Yeah. And, and, and to be honest with you, maybe a little bit longer than they do most as far as, you know, it's kind of like a cycle. You're on top. You're, you know, I guess the only one you would say that would stay that stays there would be whoever that guy is, the Hulk Hogan. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he's, he's the guy uh, until – until the people even at some point get tired of that and you have to create a new Hulk Hogan or a superstar. Uh, does that make sense? I mean, it does. Yeah. So, so it was, it wasn't like I, I didn't feel like I was being demoted at any rate. I mean, my gosh, they had did, they had done everything with me you know, and for over a year. And yeah, you know, now I go and I'm still there. I'm still making money. Uh, uh and it's but it's somebody it's somebody else's turn to go with Hogan. Not to mention, you know, you you sent talking about how they had built you now for for about a year, uh, and you know, you were the top heel in the company and and kind of an unstoppable force in your own right. Now you're kind of in a position where you can help a guy like Kirk. Uh, maybe if if there's a chance that he could become a main eventer, working with a guy like you would position him very well. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That's the other way to look at it. I think that's yeah. interesting. Um, let's talk about Herc for a moment, though. Jake has told me that he was really close with Ray, and I know that you spent some time with him in Mid-South as well. Uh, would you say that you were close with him? Uh, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, not, not like uh, not like bosom buddy, but, uh, you know, close enough to where, you know, I, I could talk to him, you know, man to man. So... Okay, let's take a minute to discuss our fantastic sponsor that is changing the lives of men everywhere. Of course, we are talking about Blue Chew. Are you ready to perform with the confidence of the million-dollar man in the bedroom? Are you ready to leave your partner feeling like a million bucks? Are you ready to get that thing so hard you can go hunting with it? If the answer to all those questions is yes, it's time for you to give Blue Chew a try. Blue Chew can help increase your performance and regain that old confidence where it counts the very most. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so that you can plan ahead or be ready when that opportunity springs up. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part of it, it's all done online. You can forget about those visits to the doctor's office, no more weird, awkward, uncomfortable conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy anymore. It comes right to you. Bluetooth tablets are made right here in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. But you know the drill, guys. There's not going to be anything discreet about your package. Men everywhere have never been more excited to see their mail carrier arrive because when your package arrives, your package arrives. Listen, I know what your next question is. Will it actually work? Why don't you try it for free and find out for yourself? Something free from the Million Dollar Man? That's right. You can try it right now for free. All you have to do is pay $5 shipping. That's it. Place your order now and give your partner a very pleasant surprise. Women are attracted to confidence, and Blue Chew can help give you confidence where it counts. Don't wait any longer. Time to chew it and do it. Take advantage of our special deal. Again, you can try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code EGAP at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code EGAP, and receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information, and we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring Everybody's Got a Pod. Um, Hercules was a veteran wrestler by this point, and Jake said on the Snake Pit, uh, my other podcast, that he felt that uh, the guy had pretty decent ring skills. What did you think about uh, working with Hercules? Pretty good? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was pretty good. You know, I mean, I, you know, I don't think that Herc had gotten to the point where uh, he could be the guy calling it. But, yeah, he was really good. I mean, you know, and like the – there's a lot of things that we do in a match that it just are unspoken. In other words, you just catch on and, and like, I don't know, it's hard to explain. <clears throat> like it's, it's kind of like if somebody hit me and I turn and I stagger towards the corner, basically it's, it's my way of saying, okay, now come from behind me and grab me by the, my, you know, my hair and, you know, run, you know, run my head in the turnbuckle. Ah, okay. And then, and then, you know, if I stay there, well, we'll do it again. And then, you know, then if you do it again, then I'll, if I turn around and now, I, now I'm, now I'm in the corner, but I'm, I'm facing you. It's kind of like, okay, you know, grab my arm and turn buckle me and, or, and, and you, and, and you, we're talking and you know, the people can't hear us, but we're talking 
and we're, we're calling stuff all the time. That's the old school. You would reach the point with him in your matches where you felt like it, it, it was kind of an unspoken, you know, you guys were at that point where you had that enough chemistry that, you know, you didn't have to, to go over too much ahead of time or even during the match. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Herc was that good. I mean, you know, it's like, give us the finish. And I would like, for example, say, okay, based on, you know, cause we had a little program. I said, based on what we, what we did last time, maybe we should start this way tonight, you know, and he'd say, Oh yeah, that's, that's, that's good. So we might do something like that, but we never sat down. You know, the only thing we sat down and went over was the finish, how it's going to end. Cause that's, you know, it's kind of like watching a soap opera. You got it. You got it. What's what's the hook? You know, how you got to leave them hanging. You got to leave them hanging, wanting more. That, that's the whole idea of what we were doing. And, and uh, so the finish was the all important thing. You know, Hercules had an incredible body, not a bad promo, apparently a pretty decent, you know, wrestler. Yeah. What did you, what do you think stopped Hercules from becoming a bigger star in the WWF? Uh, I guess, you know, just you know, some of the demons in his life. Mm. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you recall if it was drugs or alcohol that were his voice? Uh, it may have been both. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm really not sure. And I just, you know, I, I remember that, you know, he was, you know, it was one of those things where like, you know, gosh, man, you could be doing so much better. So at this time, Ted, I, I found this pretty interesting. The Wrestling Observer has wrestler rankings going on and your place is the number two singles wrestler in the world uh, by Dave Meltzer behind only Tatsumi Fujinami. Uh, Ted, I think I already knew. I think I already know the answer to this, but I'll ask it anyways. Uh, rankings have been a big thing in wrestling for years and Meltzer's work and the PWI 500 are, are, you know, pretty well respected or viewed by, by a lot of fans and some wrestlers. Uh, I saw not too long ago that a lot of people online were up in arms about where Cody Rhodes was placed on the most recent PWI 500. Uh, what did you think about wrestler rankings? Did you put a lot of stock into it? Uh, you know, not really. I mean, um, you know, I, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, if, if you're an actor, uh, do you always run out and get the latest edition of what's that magazine? <laughs> can't be yeah, yeah, you know, uh, but it's people magazine or something. Uh, people magazine or the magazine that's got all the, all their rankings of, of, of who and what and where, um, uh, you know, I, you know, I, you know, and Dave Meltzer, you know, I said some things. I sometimes I I thought he, you know, he hit it hit it on the, you know, and not just about me, but uh, sometimes he hit it. He hit it on the hit the nail on the head. Sometimes I thought he was, you know, what what are you talking about, you know, mm -hmm. so. Uh, some people online have, have said like, oh, Marcus, it doesn't seem like you like Dave Meltzer. Like you're pretty critical of him at times. It's, I don't I don't dislike Dave Meltzer at all. Um, and I, I think that he's got a lot of really great information, which is why I use him yeah. for, for most of my research. Cause I mean, man, what a, what an incredible library of knowledge he's, yeah. he's accumulated. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sometimes it's just, you know, I hear his opinion and be like, ah, oh, come on, Dave, that's not it. Um, so, you know, it's, it's like with anybody. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's, it's, it's like your, your boss, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's kind of like, you know, and I get back to what Vince McMahon said. Uh, he says, you know, you don't have, we can, we can agree to disagree, 
And they said, you know, if you don't like something, that's okay. But don't come to me and tell me you don't like it unless you have something else to suggest that was would be better. But he would also add this. He says, but, but understand this. At the end of the day, because we're spending my money, we're going to do it my way. Yep. Like it or not. And you, you know, and how can you complain? <clears throat> That's it, man. It's, it's especially, especially when, when he had become the wrestling entity of the damn world <laughs> and until the WCW thing started to happen, there was no place else to go anymore. Right. Which is, you yeah. know, this Turner thing is good news for you and other wrestlers because, you know, down the road, it's okay. Another option possibly. Um, but yeah, no, really it's the buck stopped in mm -hmm. professional wrestling. The buck stopped with Vince McMahon. If you want to, uh, to make yeah. a nice living in America. Yeah. Um, so, uh, star ratings for matches. I imagine it's the same thing where you don't really pay attention to that. I have heard that some guys from your era over the years took it pretty seriously though. Like they, they'd see a star rating in the, the observer and be like, Hey, come on. That was a good match. Why is he giving me that shitty rating? Uh, that kind of thing never got to you. No, I, you know, it's like, and, and that's because, you know, all, all, all those writers know is what they see, you know, they don't know. They don't know the, you know, they don't know why that match ended up being that match right. or, 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 you know, or where somebody's placed. It's kind of like, <clears throat> it's kind of like, uh, uh, you know, maybe the, at the time that I received such a high rating was because, you know, the WWE, WWF at the time had taken me and for a solid year featured me as their top heel. Yep. You know, maybe that had something to do with that rating, you know, but I don't know. You know, it, it's just. I think that's part of it. I, I think also it's, you know, you <laughs> saw that, you know, you were you were a technician in that ring. And yeah. uh, he even says here, uh, you know, talking about you and Hercules, uh, he said, you know, if Hercules is going to get like most improved wrestler of the year this year, it's going to be because he's working with Ted DiBiase and Ted can elevate him. Um, and you know, it's, I, I think that there's something to that, you know, yeah. you and I, you and I spoke earlier about, you know, the idea that, okay, you had kind of been up here near the, the top of the mountain and now you're able to kind of reach back down and help another guy to, to elevate himself as well. Um, and I, I think that that's kind of what was going on here. You know, you were just a seasoned yeah. professional. Well, and see, that's, that's the name of the game. Mm -hmm. It's, it's like, you know, uh, you know, there was a time in my career when I was that guy, you know, I mean, uh, our two or several uh, wrestling matches with Harley race when he was the NWA world champion. And of course, you know, um, and in one case he, you know, we wrestled to a draw in another case, you know, like with you know, maybe 30 seconds left, he beats me, but he made me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, he's the champion and, and his purpose as champion going to all those territories was to make that the, the, their top baby face the top baby face. And you're you taking know? them to the limit, which, you know, yeah. you don't necessarily need to win to get over. Uh, yeah. You're getting over because you're like Rocky, where you yeah. you, you make it to the end. Exactly. You know? It's not necessarily yeah. about winning. 
following this business where you buy Hercules, you're working with Jim Duggan and Coco Beware on the house shows. We've talked about you working with Jim uh, quite a lot here, and we'll, we, we, we will more in the future. Um, I don't know that we'll have that much opportunity to talk about Coco. Did you have a good relationship with him, and what did you think about working uh, with him? Well, yeah, I had a good relationship with him. You know, he's, a, he's a great guy, you know, funny guy. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, you know, it was kind of like, you know, I, I, you know I, I never looked at Coco as being a main eventer. Mm -hmm. uh, but a good solid hand. What did you think of uh, his pairing with Frankie the Bird? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it's kind of like at first I was like, "Is this a rib?" Had <laughs> 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 him doing the nail, the Birdman. Oh my gosh! I've heard he's. But, uh, but it got over. It did. It, it got did. over with the fans. And much like much like uh, Akeem and and Dusty, it's like look, if, it might not be the best right out of the gate, but if you take ownership of it and do your best with it, you well, and that's just and, and and again to your point, Dusty, you know, Dusty puts on this this, this polka dot outfit, and and uh, and uh, and his new sad, sidekick is Sapa. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Um, but I'm going to tell you what, Dusty took that ball and he ran with it and it got over. Another guy who got maybe like a questionable gimmick right out of the gate and just ran with it and did well with it is Dusty's son, Dustin, coming in as gold dust and an androgynous character, as Vince always yeah. put it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think a lot of guys would, would uh, get that kind of creative and be like, what is it? He's burying me. Like, what is he yeah. doing to me? I've got to wear this outfit and act like this and do this. Yeah. Uh, but he again, Dustin took owner ownership of it, and man, he became a pretty iconic character, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, let's get to why we're here. It's October 16th, and it's going to mark the fourth ever King of the Ring tournament in Providence, Rhode Island. Previous winners included Don Morocco, Harley Race, uh, and Randy Savage, and now here you are stepping up to the plate. Uh, so since 1985, this tournament had been untelevised and wouldn't become a pay-per-view until 93. So there is no footage out there of your matches. So we don't really have anything to watch here, but, you know, we'll just kind of walk through each of them. Uh, first, you would defeat Brutus the Barber Beefcake after delivering a knee to his back while he was distracted by Ron Bass. Uh, Meltzer would call it the best match of the card. So pretty high praise uh, for you and, and Brutus here. Brutus is a guy that a lot of fans kind of go one way or the other on. Some like him. Some believe he's just the beneficiary of a friendship with Hulk Hogan. Ted, where do you stand when it comes to Brother Brutai? I, you know, I like Brutus uh, personally. And, you know, and I know, I don't know how close he is with uh, the Hulkster now. Uh, you know, I, I assume they're, they're still friends. Nope. And, they had, uh, they had, they've had a very public falling out. Oh. See, yeah. I didn't even know that. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, Bruce. You know, Brutus was okay. He, I mean, you know, um, you know, it's hard for me to, you know, judge. Just you know, I, I don't. I didn't ever see him as being a guy that was going to be the world champion. Right? Was he? Was he? Was Was he a good worker? Yes. You know, he he had he had all the skills. Uh, and, and again, I was able to have good matches with him. And so, uh, that's, that's, what's most important. Uh, but yeah, and again, it's, it gets back to the charisma thing. You know, he was good in the ring and, 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 you know, and his, I don't know, I would say his, his, uh, his interviews were okay. Mm -hmm. but I, nothing over the top, you know? Right. 
I, I think that he was, you know, it's, I, I think he was a good wrestler in that he could work with really good wrestlers like yourself or Ric Flair or somebody like yeah. that and put on a competent match. He wasn't like dragging people down, you know, it's, mm-hmm. he was, he did fine out there. And by the way, he didn't have a bad look, kind of a handsome guy and decent body and good yeah. worker. So oh, like, yeah. The guy he he did okay for himself. Uh, what do you think about the the narrative that he's uh, just a hanger on of Hogan's? Uh, do you do you subscribe to that, or do you think he's kind of a, a achieved stuff on his own merit? No, I mean, I, I mean, again, uh, anybody that you know thought he was just hanging on on uh, and is the only reason he had a job was because of his friendship with Hulk. I don't I don't believe that. You know, I I don't know if you know, I don't know if it might have been. A relationship he had with Hulk that maybe that got him seen the first time. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I wasn't there. I, I don't have any idea. Uh, but you no, know, no, you know, Brutus is good on his own merit. I agree. I don't think that you get to the WWF without having some degree of skill yourself. Yeah. You know, it's it's yeah. the best wrestling in the world. And if you're there, you're a good wrestler. Yeah. yeah. Um, in the quarterfinals, you defeat Ken Patera after a clothesline when Virgil held his legs. Ken Patera is another name that we will probably not be talking about very often here. What can you tell us about your experiences with Ken? Oh, man. I, I, I like Ken, but he's just he's just, uh, he's just a different guy. <laughs> he's just, he is just a different guy. I don't know, man. Can you expand on that? Like, Is he just uh, a strange dude? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I always, I, I, I never had any problem. I, there's not too many people I ever had a problem with anyway. You know, I just, and I tried to get along with everybody, you know, just for business sake, you know, but, uh, uh, you know, there's, you know, there's not too many people like, you know, I can't even think of anybody that I said, well, I absolutely hated that person. I don't know about that. Uh, but, uh, but Ken, you know, I mean, obviously, he was one of the strongest guys ever, mm-hmm. and and, uh, and all of that, you know, the amateur things that he did, you know, were the, I think a highlight. But you know, I, I think he was an okay worker. Yeah, I like. I don't think he. Uh, was kinda... I no, I wouldn't put. You know, I wouldn't put him as you know, you know, being the world champion. Uh, in the semifinals, you defeat Ron Bass by forfeit after you gave him some money and he faked an injury, which is just hilarious stuff. Um, <laughs> and finally, in the main event, it's yourself and Savage. Savage had won the year prior, but you'll defeat him this night by countout when Virgil distracts him on the outside. After the match, yourself and Virgil will be holding up the King of the Ring trophy when Hercules comes out to chase off the two of you to send the crowd home happy. Uh, so the King of the Ring is something the fans really love and will, you know, come to be a staple in the WWF for years. At the time, did you view this as any kind of an honor or, or was it really just kind of a storytelling device? Well, it's just, uh, you know, it's it's another day on the road. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I mean, it was, like you said, up until that time, you know, it was not a, uh, it wasn't like a, uh, you know, it wasn't like one of the major pay-per-view events. It wasn't. It became a, a big event mm-hmm. you know, after that. So it's just strange that it's like you get a trophy and you get honored, and and it's you know it's it's a cool moment for you. You know you're winning a you're winning a tournament here at this live show in front of a nice crowd, and uh, you're you're the king of the ring. But then 
they don't do anything with it. So Harley Race is the only winner from the the King of the Ring tournament in the early days who would go on to make it part of his gimmick. I know that some fans are going to say Savage became Macho King, but that actually happens a year after this. So up to this point, uh, nobody had really done anything with the King of the Ring tournament. He just won the tournament, and that was it. One off for the night. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Ted, it feels like your character, though, could have gotten a lot of mileage out of being a king as part of part of your gimmick. I don't know. What do you think? Was it a missed opportunity? I, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I look back at that and I just, I, you know, I don't know. I, could, I couldn't. It's hard to say, you know. Um, it feels like it would jive with like your arrogant character who can buy anything, can do anything. And now all of a sudden, you know, you get to sit on a throne and you have a crown. I don't know. I think it could have, you know, made for at least a couple fun weeks of television. <laughs> yeah, well, the the one that you know like uh the one i thought was you know and i you know like harley race i think wasn't harley race king in the ring too yep yep he made it part of his character it worked pretty well with harley right yeah i think so yeah all right let's hit the pause button real quick to talk about a partner that is near and dear to my heart i'm talking about ag1 the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health guys before ag1 i used to wake up every morning and i was taking a bunch of multivitamins and supplements and i hated it i mean getting all that stuff was expensive and then once you're done you know swallowing all those pills and vitamins and supplements you don't even have an appetite for your breakfast anymore so once I got fed up with that, I was like, okay, maybe I'll try doing a healthy smoothie every single morning. Well, the smoothies tasted good, but you have to go and get all the ingredients, and then it takes time to measure out portions. And then when you're done, it takes even more time to thoroughly clean the blender and make sure that you get underneath all those blades. And it was just eating up so much of my time. I needed a simple, singular solution that would cover all my nutritional bases, would give me more energy through the day, and would give me better gut health, something that would support my immune system, especially with my young daughter coming home from daycare with a bunch of germs on her hands and coughing. And, you know, it's if you've ever had a toddler, you know that once they get home uh, from daycare, they're just like little carrier monkeys. They've got all kinds of germs, and all of a sudden, you yourself are getting sick all the time. I needed something to help me, and AG1 was the solution. And after more than a year with that, I can say I've never been happier with my morning routine or felt healthier. AG1 made life easy for me by providing 75 high-quality ingredients that give me key daily nutrients by simply mixing one scoop with water. That's it. I drink it. I'm done. More time to spend with my family, more time to get work done, simple cleanup, and the energy and health to tackle every obstacle that gets put in my way. It's an easy micro habit that delivers macro results. If you got a family and a budget like I do, I know what your next question is because it would be my next question. How much does it cost? Well, we're talking about less than $3 a day. You know, my wife every morning is going to uh, the gas station or Starbucks uh, in order to get, you know, some kind of a special coffee or a snack or something like that to get her morning started. Not anymore. She and I are wrestling over the AG1 every morning to see who can get theirs first. And uh, let me say, we both broke our bad habits and we're saving money on a science-driven formulation of vitamins, probiotics, and whole food source nutrients with AG1. That is a giant win-win in my house. 
If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to drinkag1.com forward slash EGAP. That's drinkag1.com forward slash EGAP. Check it out, guys. I know you're going to love it just like I do. Um, Ted, any chance you kept this trophy? Probably worth a small fortune now. <laughs> I don't think so, no. <laughs> if, if I know the WWF, it probably got destroyed that night by Hercules. <laughs> That's like a staple in the WWF in those days. Um, well, Ted, before I let you go, I do feel like I should mention uh, that it's around this time that Jacques Rougeau, sucker punched Dynamite Kid, knocked out some of his teeth. Uh, so you and I spoke about it briefly uh, before, and I also recently talked to Jim Duggan about it on the Hacksaw Hour, which is available on adfreeshows.com. Jim told me that he didn't agree with how Jacques handled it, but apparently he had witnessed on many occasions the Dynamite Kid disrespecting Jacques and Raymond, and uh, he felt that Jacques kind of needed to make a strong statement of some kind. Maybe not as strong as what he did, but Jim was like, he needed to stand up for himself, and he did. Um, and I, I agree with Jim. Yeah? I do. I do. Now, when it comes to handling this kind of thing, though, what, like, what is there a rule of thumb uh, among wrestlers, like this honor amongst thieves type thing? Like, okay, if we're going to fight, here's how we do it. <clears throat> no. I mean, if you're going to fight, it's just going to happen. Yeah. You know, it's just, you know, and if, if uh, you know, if somebody's, yeah, obviously, if there's somebody that's doing something, <clears throat> like repeatedly, you know, like, you know, like, uh, you know, something that drives you to a point where you, you have to, you, you either have to stand up for yourself and respond or just, you know, sit there with egg on your face. Mm -hmm. so, so, you know, in, in that regard, I think that, that, uh, yeah, Jacques had the right to, to respond, you know? So, I mean, the strength of the response maybe was a little bit unbalanced. Um, cause <clears throat> I, I, I think that, you know, this part of the story where Jacques allegedly had a, a roll of quarters in his hand and, uh, just walked up to, to dynamite sucker, punched him backstage, knocked his teeth out. He needed stitches, like pretty, pretty nasty thing to do to another person. And really you hit somebody wrong with a roll you of know, quarters in your hand, okay. you can kill him. I, I, I don't think that I was there to see that, but you know, and, and again, a right to respond, but like that, no. You know, it's like okay. Um, I, you know, every man needs to stand up for himself. But you know, you, when you're in wrestling, you're in a fraternity, mm -hmm. and it's and, and and we're all we're all part of a unique of a unique club. You know, and I, I, you know, I just don't see that to to uh, to you know like. It's almost like uh, it's almost like loading the glove. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm gonna, you know, like uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show this guy. Well, you know what? If you want to show him, then show him. You know, man to man, face to face, and may the best man win. But you know, you know, like you know, like uh, you've been you've been screwing with me, so I'm gonna sneak up and hit you in the back of the head with a chair. Uh, uh nope. You know, I, I would agree that that it wasn't done the right way. Jim Jim did say uh, in Jacques' defense, he was like, I, Dynamite would have beat his ass. He was like, so like yeah. Jacques, Jacques did probably the only thing he thought he could do, which is sucker punch him so that there's not an opportunity for him to get his ass beat. 
Um, I, it, Dynamite Kid was what, like five foot ten, five eight, somewhere in yeah. that neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, I mean, did you know him to be like this tough as nails little pit bull of a guy? Uh, I mean, not really. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, a little pit bull. I mean, I, I you know, I didn't think he was a, you know, a wimp in any, 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 any sense of the word, but. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen him in a fight. <laughs> I mean, yeah, rumor has it. I've heard Brett say it. Um, I've heard uh, uh, Jake say it. A lot of people over the years have said, like, Dynamite Kid, not a, not a guy to piss around with. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I never got had the, the good fortune of meeting the guy. No, um, and, and I never, you know, I always, you know, I always got along with it. Yeah, it's I, I've heard um, it's like a mixed bag of things. A lot of people said that he was a really nasty ribber and kind of mean spirited at times. Um, and then I, like you, I've heard other people say like, nope, great guy. Love being around him. So yeah. uh, it's interesting to hear kind of these, you know, conflicting sides. I mean, Dad, you and I have discussed it a little bit in the past. What do you think made you kind of Teflon impervious to people fucking with you, like ribbing you or doing anything like that. Like why, why do you think that you avoided it when so many guys, you know, had to uh, deal with some stiff ribs? Uh, well, maybe because, you know, I didn't, I didn't rib anybody. I, yeah. And I pretty, pretty much, uh, got along with everybody. I mean, didn't, you know, I, I didn't run my mouth mouth off. I mean, I, I, I just, I went to take care of business and I took care of business and, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I couldn't answer that for you. I'm really not sure. I mean, uh, whether that was just, you know, like, you know, a mutual respect, mm -hmm. you know, uh, amongst guys, you know, so, uh, but now I didn't, you know, I, I can't remember anybody. I'm trying to think if I had any, altercation with anybody i can't thank anybody you know we we also hear about kind of more lighthearted ribs like guys putting a padlock on somebody's gym bag or super gluing their shoes to the floor or the ceiling or something like that i mean yeah. like it was that kind of thing happening to you or were people just like leaving no you alone? no no, that, no i didn't have any of that happen interesting I might, I might have had, you know, okay. I think there was one time when my, my bag got handcuffed, uh, or, uh, it's like we, we, we wrestled in a, we, it was a, a gymnasium. Uh, it was like, it was, it was like the locker room of a, like an high school, uh, type locker room where there, there's a, these benches in front of the, you know, in front of the, uh, the lockers, the lockers. And, but the, the bench is immovable. The bench is like grounded. Mm -hmm. And like, there's a, there's a, 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 you know, like a piece over here, holding it up and a piece on the other side, holding it up. So, you know, uh, if you ran a, a, like a little chain through a bag and then, and then padlocked it. Well, unless, <laughs> unless you have the combination or something, uh, uh, you know, you, your, your, your bag is padlocked to the, the floor. <laughs> you got to like cut the strap to get it. Time, you know, and I just laughed about it. You know, it's like, okay, okay. Ha ha ha. Everybody, <laughs> you know, and I just, uh, I can't remember what I had. I think I had to, uh, clip the top of my, the handle on my, my suitcase off to, to get out of there. But, you know. <laughs> 
Well, maybe that's the key is like, you know, you don't sell it too hard when somebody messes Well, that's just it, you know, because if you sell it too much, are you selling it at all? What are they going to do? They're going to just keep doing shit to you. Yep. They want the reaction. I just didn't put it over. (laughs) (laughs) a savvy veteran move. Uh, Yeah. So, Ted, that's going to be it for today. Uh, we are just getting started here in October, so buckle up, pal. We've we've got a big month. We're going to continue the story of your 1983. We're going to take another look at WCW 96. And, of course, we've got another Ask Ted Anything coming down the pike. Uh, before we go, I do want to remind you all that if you'd like to get this podcast on video with no commercials and get access to a ton of sports, entertainment, and other shows, get over to PremierStreamingNetwork.com. Get signed up for Premier Plus. I'm telling you, it's a great value for wrestling fans or just fans of sports and entertainment in general. Again, it's PremierStreamingNetwork.com, Premier Plus. If you're enjoying our show and you're listening on your podcast app, do us a favor, take a moment and like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review there. That helps us out a bunch. And don't forget, follow Ted at MDM Ted DiBiase on all of his social media. Follow me at Marcus P. D'Angelo on X and follow Premier Streaming Network at Watch on Premier on X and at Premier Streaming Network on Instagram and Facebook. We'd also love your interaction on the podcast social media, which is at Ted DiBiase pod on every social media platform. So if you guys have a question for Ted, if you have a comment on the show, if you think we can improve, if you want us to keep doing something, stop doing something, why don't you just reach out to us, send us a message. We'd love to hear your feedback. And uh, Ted, I'm loving what we're doing here. What a, what another great episode today. Well, thanks much. I, I mean, I, you know, I, I tell you what, you do some really good digging, buddy. And it's kind of like, you know, a lot of the, you brought, brought back a lot of memories that, you know, oh, yeah, I know. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was one night and it's something that wasn't celebrated or talked about. Did you before this episode? Did you even remember that you were a king of the ring? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, you know, it's kind of like wrestling. It's like, OK, it's another day. It's another show. It's another day. It's, you know, it's like, you know, um, now if, if, you know, if well, a couple of OK, uh Main eventing WrestleMania four with Randy Savage. Now you're not going to forget that, right? Or like I think, and then I think uh, it was Hulk and uh, Hulk and Beefcake, right, against me and Mike Rotunda. Yep. And that was that was the one of the main events out in Las Vegas, out the out, 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 outside show. WrestleMania nine. Yeah. 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 So you you, you know the the big ones like that. You know you know you remember. You know, well, and and of course, you know, I, I I wouldn't forget the fact that I wrestled in front of eighty thousand people at Wembley Stadium. <laughs> That's a huge one, and you know, yeah. I I think that a lot of fans are going to hear this and say Ted doesn't remember being King of the Ring. It's like think about this for a second, guys. This is thirty five years ago. It was one night, one tournament, and then they they never acknowledged it again, never talked about it again. I'm sure I am. I don't have proof of this, but I guarantee it. That trophy got destroyed, so it's not like you have a trophy to remember it by. Yeah, and 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 that's it. I mean, what the fans don't realize either is like. We were wrestling every day. Mm-hmm. We would go out on tours, and those tours were back then. I mean, when I when they first started, when I first started with them, three straight weeks, twenty one days, twenty one cities, and then you got to go home for a week. And then they <laughs> changed it to ten days off, three days off, four days on, and three days off. But anyway, you look at it, you're only off six days a month. My and the goodness. rest of the time, you're in a different city every day. There were times I woke up in hotels and would lay there for a minute and, and go, 
where the hell am I? And I'd look at, I'd look at the, you know, the, the, the phone in the hotel rooms have a plate on it. And it's got the, it's got the name of that, you know, where you are. <laughs> and that was how you knew what city you were. Oh in. yeah. Sometimes. I mean, I know myself well enough to know that like something that happened to me one night 30 years ago or 35 years ago, there is zero chance I would remember it. Absolutely yeah. no oh, chance yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's interesting. And, man, it was a fun look back. And we're going to have another fun look back next week. I'm sure of it. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Marcus. And as I go, all of you fans out there must remember that everybody's got a price for the Million Dollar Man. Yeah. We will see you guys next week right here on Everybody's Got a Pod.